and welcome to today's episode of Archibiz Unpacks Marketing. I'm joined by Anthony Richardson of the Designer Motive. Welcome, Anthony. Good to be here. Excited. Awesome. Um, perhaps we might get started by if you giving us a bit of background to the Designer Motive. How did you get started on this journey? That is a question that I had to actually go through the history books to find out because I wasn't quite sure when it all started to happen but basically my education is in architecture so I've gone through the whole system I've got my master's degree in architecture Um, I did a bachelor's at Deakin University but prior to that I did a I did an advanced diploma of building design at a at a TAFE and And what they teach you in TAFE is completely different to architecture. I think I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I was exposed to architecture in TAFE. So when I made the transition from TAFE to architecture school, it like completely just opened up my mind of what's, of what's out there. And, you know, the first year of uni, I was just trying to find my feet and, and sort of get to understand architecture, get on Arc Daily quite a bit, design all the very typical architecture student websites. And then, and then the next, uh, then the next semester, uh, next year, sorry, I um, became like the Sona representative for the university. I started my own little architecture student blog. And then it was during sort of that year where I started to attend a few also guest lectures and it really opened up my eyes to what's out there and I just felt this weird compulsion in a way that I just wanted to share it share it share it and it didn't feel right to share it on my um, architecture student blog Um, so the next year in 2015 I started up a whole new Instagram account that's completely separate It started out as Architecture Victoria, as I just wanted to share architecture in Victoria. And basically from that day, I just started to just post projects from from all like local Melbourne-based architects. And just over time, it grew from there. and, And it still remained this sort of, you know, side hobby effectively, like, I was still very much in the mindset that I want to be an architect. I want to be an architect. And then, you know, chatting with um, Nick Grenlees and, and Ben Morgan from Bowerbird, they really opened up my eyes to, you know, what you're doing is media, it's publication. And even though was, at that time I was still like, oh, yeah, I'm just doing this for fun. I'm just doing this for fun. Um, eventually it's uh, transitioned over to, I now want to do this. I want to do architecture media as sort of my job, as my career. And then basically from 2019, it's sort of been now my um, full-time pursuit, basically. So it's been about, yeah, six years or so in the making. Yeah, exciting. And have you always had a passion for architecture? I wouldn't say a passion. My, my, My dad was a bricklayer. So there was quite a bit of exposure to, I guess, building sites. And, you know, I always like played around with um, oh, those little like cheesy 3D 
software you would buy at Officeworks where you could design your own garden and design your own house and stuff like that. But I wouldn't say there was like a yearning passion for architecture. I think how I came to that decision was probably more of a pragmatic sense. I like design. My dad's a bricklayer. You know, it has this, this and this to it. So, you know, when I started to plug those into potential professions I sort of landed on either landscape architect or architect and so I sort of just it was very more of pragmatic approach yeah sure and so who's the who's looking at the design and motive who's your core audience so it depends which platform you ask it's really quite interesting um out of you know let's say YouTube and Instagram being the main platforms which which they are um Instagram is very much um, industry people predominantly. So architects, engineers, interior designers, students, graduates, all of those that work in the built environment industry. Um, I think they hold like a 60% majority based on a few Instagram story polls I've ran in the past. And then, and then it's sort of split between those that are looking to build their own home, those that are, um, those that just like design and house and homes and sort of architecture in general. Um, but over on YouTube, it, it's completely flipped. And I ran a poll, I think maybe a month, month and a half ago. And it was, I think 66% were just people that loved design. They just love houses. They just sort of love, I guess, having a sticky beak at other people's homes and sort of, you know, industry people, students, um, building your own home, they were sort of just split evenly, I think like at 10% each. So it's sort of, I guess it, yeah, it depends on which platform you sit at, but um, generally it's sort of, a lot of it is, yeah, people that just love houses, they love homes and design and, and architecture. Yeah, terrific. And, and obviously video is your main medium. Uh, why should architects be using video? What's the advantage? Um, I think, I think, you know, the real advantage to video is being able to utilize so much more than just visual. Um, you know, for me, I tend to, well, I incorporate a lot of, uh, interviews and, and I guess you could call it voiceover or narration, um, from the architects. And, you know, when you're able to listen to the architect, talk about the design and talk about the challenges and the space and, and the materials while you're also being presented with, with supporting imagery, um, that becomes a really good tool and a really good medium to better understand the space. Um, and for the most part, you know, buildings are quite still, you know, you don't, you don't generally want your house to move effectively, <laughs> but, um, but what you might have is you might have, you know, operable shutters, you might have disappearing sliding doors, you might have um, you know, a hydraulic deck that folds down from the wall or whatever it may be. And while you can take multiple photos and sort of stitch that together for a, for a little gif or a gif or however you pronounce that, um, the video sort of is a way to animate the house and, and going beyond just what's movable in the house, you can also animate it with people. So, you know, you can have this really strong connection to, um, the people in the house you can you can see how the house is um habited um and then and then there's also that opportunity where you can 
have a real good personal connection with with say the architect when you can when you you know if you go to a website article you'll see photos of the houses you'll see a beautiful written article but you don't really know who's behind that house unless you happen to know unless you follow the architect quite deeply and you know who the directors are but for the most part it's quite faceless it's quite a um it's quite here's the building here's the home here's the design look at this but well at least the way that i do my videos is all of a sudden you you are presented with with a person with a face and and humans we just have that natural connection to one another not necessarily to bricks and mortar but to skin and bones basically yeah i think absolutely they you know they say people by people it's all about that personal relationship but um you know getting architects to talk and getting them on camera my experience is there they're not necessarily the types of people that put themselves out there and can find it hard to to talk about themselves how do you help them um be comfortable and confident to talk on camera and do you have any tips for architects that uh, are going to embark on that process yeah so first of all like i sympathize with the architects um i've had a couple goes at you know being in front of camera on the designer motive and luckily i am the one editing it so i can i can groan and roll my eyes at all my terrible takes and be like oh gosh but you know for an for, to, i guess to be in front of camera it's it's a very daunting experience if you haven't done it um you know if you're an architect that has done a few say lectures or you or maybe you teach at university you might have a better you might you might be better at feeling more comfortable in such a delivery based um position but when I get an architect and I sort of sit them down, there's sort of a couple tips I give them on the day. It's one is um, don't don't stare directly into the camera lens um, because that that can get a bit. That's a way for you to just not switch off, but you you might forget what's happening, like because you you see that and you're in deer in headlights basically. So. I tend to sort of stand just behind the camera, um, probably a tiny bit off to the side. And I just tell the architect, just talk to me behind the camera. Just talk to me like you're talking to, to anyone else. And, and while I do send the questions I tend to ask in advance, I do also encourage the architect not to prepare too much because if you prepare too much, you might you, you get into a habit that you will if you slip on a word or, or you forget to say a word you're just thrown completely off off guard so so you know remind the architect that you know you've spent one two three years with this project nobody knows it better than you just you know tell me about it talk me through it talk me through the materials um you know don't think too much and more importantly like it is going to be edited you know when we're, we're not just going to upload it as it is i'm going to cut out you know i'm going to cut out the the slip ups and you know we're going to cut out any long drawn pauses or um staring blankly off into the distance like we, we're going to fix all that up and and more importantly um 
and this is the thing that probably relieves them the most is they're not going to be on camera for the entire video. Like they might be on for, oh, I don't know, 30 seconds total, basically. So for most of it, they're just sort of given a voiceover. So um, while I do try to frame up a nice shot and everything for the architect, um, yeah, the reality is they're not really going to be on the video. It's mainly just capturing their perspectives and their story. Yeah, great. I think there's a lot of comfort from com that comes from that um, luxury of knowing you've got the edit suite as well, you know, that that it is, you are going to be, you know, have the Instagram effect and it, there, there is going to be a level of filtering on, uh, you know, how you portray it as well, which um, brings some comfort. I really need to put out a blooper reel or something because there's been a, there's been a few <laughs> doozies, but yeah, I'll have to talk to the architects about that. Hilarious. Uh, one of our clients, Winter Architecture, has had two of the five top most viewed videos on your channel in 2020. Um, what do you think it is about those top five videos that meant they were the most viewed on your site? Yeah, it's really hard to sort of break down like what it is exactly that made these videos more popular than the 15 other videos I did. Um, you know, the winter architecture videos in particular, they, they sort of boast a more, you know, minimalist aesthetic, um, a minimalist approach. And that, um, that topic of minimalism is quite, um, you know, I don't really want to use word popular, but a lot of people are interested in, in sort of that, aesthetic that that type of lifestyle and so I think people are drawn to that for either the good or bad if you read the comment sections they do get a bit interesting um, but <laughs> you know it's one of those things where you know the other the other videos in that top five is you know Jack Chen's um, type street apartment so again that's that's like I wouldn't really call it it's small living you know it's something that's unconventional um, I believe the other one was um, Chris McGowan's own apartment, which was in a mixed-use development. And the other one was Jerry Wolveridge's um, off-grid home. So all of those homes are quite representative of the unconventional. You know, it's, it's not the three-bedroom home in the suburbs. You know, there's something quite unique about each one of those, whether it's a minimalist approach, off-grid, small living, um, apartment living with 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 twins and and you know your own mixed use development so I think it's just sort of having and, and I guess that comes with architecture you know it is it's not what people are used to seeing and so that's what really captures the eyes in you know in the audience is these very unique incredible homes yeah, so the opportunity to see what we don't normally get to see. Exactly. Yeah, terrific. Um, now, architects arch, architects have traditionally invested heavily in photography. Um, we've seen some pretty crazy budgets fly around about what they spend on photography. Are we starting to see a shift uh, towards people investing more greatly in video? I think from when I first started videos at the start of 2019 versus now, there are more architects wanting video content. 
whether it's a whether they want to you know license the the full video I produce or whether they want to um, get a one minute video to submit to an award program or maybe they want um, a video to to uh, to submit to open house or or you know maybe even just to have as their own record of a project um, that has increased from 2019 but I will still uh, I would still communicate to architects which is definitely going against what my business model is but still invest heavily into photographs um, and the reason for that is if you don't have a video there might only be a handful of publications in the world that won't publish a project without a video um, but if you don't have photographs you're not going to get published anywhere basically without photos so photographs still remain the king in the current architecture media landscape there may be a shift over the next, next five, five or seven years or so um, where more and more publications are going to favor video there might be more video only publications there might be you know but at the moment our, our media landscapes very much rooted in photographs and written articles whether that's in a magazine or a website or even on instagram or whatever it may be so i do encourage architects to try and find the budgets for for video production video production if you go to a video production studio it might not be um cheap you might you might be paying the same amount as you do for photography or even more depending on what you want and the challenge with architects is when it comes to video they don't really know what they want in terms of you know what do you what kind what kind of video do you want so there there's a really challenging aspect for architects especially when it comes to money and and especially smaller practices that don't have huge project budgets so if a if a publication such as the such as the designer motive or never too small or someone reaches out and goes hey could we film your house as part of you know our publication jump at it and then you know speak to one about, about licensing or getting some extra content but you know still put in a lot of still put your money on photographs for now but hopefully in the next you know five five plus years we'll start to see a shift in the in the media landscape. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of opportunity that video offers around communicating a story that photos and words, you know, they just quite don't, don't do the same, particularly when it comes to conveying um, philosophy and um, what the practice stands for and who's involved. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there for video. Now you did touch on Instagram. You have a massive Instagram following, over 100,000 followers when I last checked. Um, top tips for practices to grow their own Instagram following. What do you suggest? I mean, there's always a very typical of, you know, posting at the right time. So look at your audience, see what times of the day and what days they're most active. You know, there's posting consistently, there's posting high quality imagery, which architects always have at their disposal. But, you know, what I think is more important is not to worry about the quantity of followers, but probably more so the quality of followers. Um, 
of course, I can't speak to any practices, um, intentions of Instagram. You know, you might be using it just to grow brand awareness or maybe you're looking to land clients or you're just using it to just share a bit of site photos, whatever it may be. But ultimately, you know, if it's part of your marketing strategy, you want it to land you clients effectively. And I think it's really important to basically break it all down. And, you know, if you, if you go back to the, to the true meaning of, you know, Instagram being a social media platform is it's in that really, it's in that first word, be social. Like if you're, if you're social, if you leave comments, reply to comments, you're more personable on your account. If you more importantly put faces to the accounts and, start to build a connection with who is following you, not worrying about who isn't following you. Um, you can really start to build up relationships with an audience that if you, if you sort of look at a architecture client relationship, they're very tight knit for two, three plus years, having, knowing, allowing them to get to know you through through a phone and then all of a sudden meet you in person and then agree to, for you to design their home and follow them through construction, like being able to communicate who you are through social media is more, I find is more valuable than having a hundred thousand followers basically. Yeah, that's excellent advice. Be social on social. That's what it is. So, um, you know, I think we often, yeah, focus on the imagery and the visual aspect, but yeah, getting down into the comments, that's really useful and that's how you build the connection. So that's excellent advice. Um, 2020, um, we all got through it. We're all here sitting on the other side for better or for worse. What, um, from your experience, what have you seen uh, has been the impact of the pandemic on architecture, specifically on marketing for architects? Um, so I'm not heavily involved in the sort of um, conversations architects have with their own personal marketing. Um, I guess I, I exist as someone that architects come to after they've sort of figured out, oh, we want to do more videos or we want to get published more. But with the conversations I have had with some architects is they've had a lot of inquiries from people that have all of a sudden realized after spending 23 hours a day locked inside their homes that their homes could be so much better, whether it's a lack of natural light or worse, lack of natural um, ventilation. Maybe the spaces are cramped or maybe the layout's wrong or there's not enough PowerPoints for all the equipment you needed to work from home or whatever it may be. So I think... You know, with architects, uh, I guess they, they, they need to shift the conversation to, you know, how can we make your lives better versus look at this shiny new thing we built during the pandemic. It's more like, you know, it, it, I guess it comes back to that last point of, um, you know, being social and making a social connection. It, it's more so I find is... is architects are in the business, at least, you know, res well, I guess every architect, they're in the business of making other people's lives better through design. So I guess that's where the communication 
needs to sort of shift to how can we how can we serve you but in terms of where i think what the pandemic has highlighted to those to to non industry people is the the space that you inhabit especially on a on a very long term basis is important and so you need to look at ways to make it better whether it is um whether it is a simple um coat of paint or maybe it's a bit further and knocking down that back back lean to and, and building something sort of new it um i think that's what the pandemic has has really highlighted well, what 2020 highlighted was um our our housing for the most part is pretty substandard so you know if we get a if we get a professional we can actually enjoy being home versus a sense of being locked up effectively. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to ask as well. So you, you mentioned at the start of the interview that you started off as Architecture Victoria. Obviously, we're pretty restricted with how far we can travel, but are there plans to go beyond Victoria in the future with the designer motive? Yes. Um, the pan I had, I had plans... I was thinking of plans in February 2020 of going up to Sydney, um, sent a few emails out. Then about a month later, had to send a bunch of emails back to these architects going, um, we need a reschedule. Um, but, you know, the, the goal, the reason why I rebranded from Architecture, Vic Architecture Victoria to the designer motive was wanting to go past Victorian's border, Victoria's border. And so there are plans to go to each capital city and, and spend a week or two there and film as much as I can. Logistically, that's quite challenging in many sense. Um, so there needs to be quite a bit of planning. And, you know, from a business operator as a sole business practitioner, owner, whatever you want to call myself, um, I also need to factor in costs. Um, at the moment, it's not a very profitable business model or business I have at the moment. So, you know, I need to I need to figure out, um, you know, how to get there. How many can I film in a week? Who's who's willing to do it? But um, if there are um, architects interstate that are interested you know like give me a give me a give me a buzz and you know i can put you on a on a spreadsheet so i know who to reach out to but um yeah there are plans to go interstate and and hopefully in a few more years once international borders open like even even go overseas even and where's the first place you'd go overseas to film uh japan 100 percent yeah, love it. <laughs> Some amazing stuff going on in Japan. Um, so you, you have touched on their architects calling out to you um, if they do have a project. What's the process? What do they need to do if they, particularly if they're in Victoria and they have a project that they'd love to get you involved on? Um, so I like I do have like a page on the website where you can fill out this arduous contact form that you know states a bunch of stuff like where is the project when can we film what is it send me the media kit blah 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 but you know i i try not to be so formal in my process because sometimes i will reach out to an architect on instagram dms or i might 
send a cold email or whatever it may be. But if you, if you are an architect and you do have, um, you know, a project that, that we could film, um, then definitely just either hit me up on Instagram or, or send me an email, um, which is on the website. And then, you know, then we can sort of start discussing. Um, I am only focusing on residential projects at the moment. Um, so we'll hold off on that cafe or that office, new office design at the moment. But, um, you know, I'm always, I'm always open to a wide range of residential projects. Um, there is some criteria to make sure it fits within sort of my own, um, my own, what would you call it? feeling of what I constitute as good architecture, but um, generally I'm probably going to say yes to your project anyway. Well, there we go. There's a, a big call out to uh, anyone that wants to get their project profiled on the designer motive. Um, Anthony, thank you for taking the time to share your insights around video and architecture today.